0: Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 4, episode 61. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. And today I'm delighted to welcome back Peter Cancel, our resident educational expert who's um, been listening to the whole of our music in the art season and um, got a few really interesting things to say as we, as we discuss basically the sorts of things we've covered and some of the sort of themes that have come through. So Peter, thanks very much for coming back. Hi Mark, nice to be here. So why don't we start with what's your sort of initial insight or initial thoughts about any themes that have actually come through in any particular episodes which you thought really sort of hit the, the nail on the head in terms of how music and the arts are so important within primary education?
1: I think that, that the the series itself has been for me it's been really useful and and particularly inspiring at times. Some of the people that you've interviewed have been you know just you, you just want to pick them up and take them to every school uh, so so you know so so from that point of view, it's been really good you know, the, the sorts of things that I would pick out would be. Carol Aviard, who's, who's, who's done fantastic things at Hartwell and elsewhere, um, and talking to, to Jane as well at, at Hartwell. I thought that was really interesting and reminded me a, a lot of, of the school that I used to, 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 to be the head teacher of. Um, and, and also Claire Somerville at One Dance. I thought that that was really interesting. Um, so I've got a few thoughts about those. And, and I just thought it summed it up actually you know in the discussion you had with craig mcleish where he said he was passionate about children's experience and i think that came through with so much of what what was in this series
0: i think and i think that's the real that's the real art i think about Education at the moment, with so much um, accountability and testing and all of that sort of stuff that we've talked about lots before, is that when you have the child at the heart of what you're trying to do, and you can see around all of those things you you must do as part of your job, but you can make it inclusive, you can make it inspiring, you can give the experience to the children that you think will really light them up. That's when you've really got the ability to really make a difference. Yeah,
1: and 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 it is it's finding those people. And as was shown with your project it's making sure that those people have an impact, um, finding a way of getting to have an impact. I just going back to to the, your project, which was the the part of the journey that you talked about on this, on this series. Um, it it just reflected so much. I just, I I was writing notes as you, as I was listening to it and, uh, as you were describing the difficulty in in communication and transport issues for for, for primaries and uh, getting getting them all together to 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 take part and participate was just I've just put a note saying welcome to my world I, I'd have a i would have had years and years of, of setting up projects in our local partnership and that was in the days when partnerships were really cohesive and we had a good cohesive partnership um, you know and, and managed to set up drama projects and, and so on but it is it is it is challenging is challenging rather that I learned last week it's better the better to call them challenges rather than problems um but it but that silo mentality that you that you talked about is is becoming more and more prevalent and and I predicted it you know the, the whole move towards academies has pushed a silo mentality it's inevitable but when I was reflecting about what you were saying there and about who took part and who didn't take part and I thought, yeah, but the ones who didn't take part, aren't they the ones that we really need to get involved?
0: Um, I, th- I think that's absolutely true. And I, and I think that's the, um, that's the thing that I find the hardest, is the fact yeah. that, you know, on this podcast, you know, the people listening are the people already inspiring children and, and you know, they're that teacher and, and that educator that the children will remember for their life. You know, that one person that really got me, that really understood what was going on but how do you get to the people that are really struggling and don't quite know how how the world works in that way or, or, yeah. or how they can change the sorts of things they can offer their children and, and, and that's kind of a, a problem or a challenge, as you said, is a better way of putting it, of actually how to get this message out there. Yeah, I think, I think we need all of
1: our listeners to grab the teacher in their staff room who doesn't inspire, who doesn't listen to these things and force them to sit down and listen. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I mean, that's a, certainly something I would recommend you know if if, you're, if, chair, if if, if you yeah, <laughs> if you're listening out there you know just just if you could be our advocate you know just mention yeah. it to as many people as you can just say um just pick pick, a, pick an episode and, and, and see what they think and, and there are so many ways you can listen you can either listen on the Educational Fire website or if you've got an iPhone or iPad you can use the podcast app or you can listen through iTunes if you have an Android phone you can listen um, through Stitcher and various other players and so there are lots of ways of doing it and it doesn't have to be you know I need to find more time for this lots of people listen to podcasts these days when you're taking a dog for a walk when you're in the gym when you're on your commute there's lots of ways of doing it and I think especially sort of starting your day, with um, with something which is firing you up is going to be really helpful for, for firing the children up as well. So yes yeah, if you could recommend it to anybody that you know in your school that would be absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah. So if we if we look at, at, at some of the some of the things that that, that the broadcast co- the podcast that came out um the, I I was really inspired I think by the interview with Craig McLeish um for Young Voices. Uh, i i I just thought what a great ambassador for music he is, with all the things that he 's done um, the, i I sympathized enormously with the publishing and copyright problems because i 've been through that having done lots of lots of performance stuff in my own school it is it 's a struggle I, I, that baffles me it really baffles me and always has, I, I remember having um, long arguments with, with people in theatres saying, you know, well, I wanted to take a group of children to, to go backstage at a theatre for, for a tour. And and they would say, oh, well, it's, it's very difficult, you know, health and safety, and it's awful, you know, and we can't do this and we can't do it. And And I said, look, you know, you really just have to look at this as, in terms of marketing. This is your future audience. You really need to grab these children, enthuse them, Get them into the magic of the theatre, get them into the magic of music in this case, and they will be there. they you know you've you've made you made all your money for the
0: future, but they didn't seem to grasp that very quickly. Mm. I, I couldn't I couldn't couldn't quite grasp it myself. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And it, and as you said, it's um when I went to the Young Voices because um Katie was performing in one of those concerts, and yeah. um and what was amazing was the fact that um. They were singing songs from Ed Sheeran and Ragged Bone Man and that kind of thing, and it's all they were talking about. Oh yeah, we're singing this song, we're singing that song. I've heard it on the radio, and you know, those are the people. They then think, oh great, they're they're my people. They're the people Mm. I want to be listening to. You know, I've had a chance to sing with it, and 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 like like you say, you know, they are they are the audience, and they're also the audience and a paying audience for the next generation, and um, and anything you can do to grab that, I think, is just absolutely so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an investment for them and and you know, if there are any publishers listening,
0: uh, just take note. That's <laughs> what I say. <laughs> um I have to say one of one of the things I found um interesting through this was, you know, as you said, there are so many really inspiring people. Um but also I realised that it's not actually just about money. I mean, we do need more funding in schools and um and with my conversation Um, about um, people working with hubs and all of that kind of thing. There is funding out there. You have to be quite creative and partnerships and all that kind of thing. But it seemed to me the dividing line is actually, do we want our school to be a musical school or are we not that focused on it? We'd rather be more focused on on the maths and the English side of everything. Um, And it seems to be more of an attitude, actually, rather than just a funding problem.
1: I, I think you're right. And, and it is about people having um, a, the drive and the ambition and the passion to, to, to get things moving. But of course, you know, there are competing things. You talked about maths and English. You know, in my own school, it was really interesting. Listen to Jane Clancy um, at Hartwell and how similar that was to the setup that I had in my own school. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that her school's name is very similar to my school's name, it just has an extra T in it, <laughs> but, it, but it, it, we, we also, I also engaged a music specialist. I realized that that you know, my teachers, I just looked around the school and just was disappointed with how we were delivering music, and I thought we had to do something about it, and got a music specialist, a good friend of mine called Paul Harrington, who, who was was brilliant. He was actually a peripatetic before that. He got fed up with being a peripatetic and going to schools where they didn't appreciate him. And I said, "Well, come and work for me." And he worked one day a week, did every class in the school except the class that was getting first access, who were learning violin. And we and we bought it in for three terms, all, all three terms in the year, right. for them. Um, and uh, but it's very similar setup to, to what Jane was describing. But I also had a similar thing. I happened to have a teacher on my staff, who was a language specialist, she'd retrained from being a, a modern languages specialist, secondary modern languages, retrained as a primary teacher. Um, and so we made use of her skills. And so we had languages across the school. But I, but that was purely you know, good fortune or good management on, on my side of having somebody with those skills. But you know, you then have the competing um, competing uh, 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 a curriculum for, for PE and want to make sure that PE is happening, want to make sure that dance is happening, because of course it comes in as a separate separate curriculum thing to to music. It comes in as part of the PE curriculum. Making sure that drama is happening and where you squeeze that in. It's 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 trying to make sure that all those things that are really important and we think are really important, as well as the maths and and English and science and the IT that's that needs to go on you know it's it's the competition for places and and people tend to i think a lot of schools tend to defer to the to the to the english maths and science curriculum you know they they know they've got to do that and they know they've been measured on that they won't be measured on their on their creativity i i will never forget having an, a, a, an ofsted inspector who told me I would really like my daughter to come to this school because you do so many creative things and so great, and the children are so happy and they enjoy what's going on. But when I look at your results, I couldn't possibly send her here, and I thought how sad i <laughs> just I just thought well you know if that if that really is the attitude and you know how how do we how do we manage to make our schools the places we want our children to be happy in?
0: absolutely and what you what you need is you need the head teacher to be somebody that understands the political side of things and the things that need to happen but they also understand the child and they understand the bigger picture and try and and try and put the two together and and i think they may be a slightly dwindling um band of people that that are prepared to do that because like you said everybody's reputations everyone's um career progression and all that is based on your results and um yeah. and that's a, a a never-ending cycle at the moment anyway which is i hope is something that we change and 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 one thing i, I remember from having spoken to jane clancy was the fact that she was very purposeful about it not just in terms of we'll get someone in but things even like we're going to have a music assembly once a term so therefore yep. let's put the music assembly in the diary now at the beginning of yep. term or at the beginning of the year so that it's in there already because unless you're being that purposeful about it it doesn't happen because something else will always crop up and so you have to make it that important oh yeah
1: yeah and putting those concerts in we you know we used to have three concerts a year as well as our productions and 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 teachers used to pitch in and help. And even if it's just putting the chairs out after school, you know that sort of commitment is an extra commitment for some teachers. And it, and and you just need to build a community that's going to do that and it's and it's, it's wants it to happen because it's about the school. And 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 I had to say that I had some teachers who were, you know, keener on doing those sorts of things than others.
0: And I and I guess that is something which takes time, isn't it? You know, I guess new new heads that come into schools or new management as they come in it's that kind of even if you want to change the community if you want to change the ethos of the Mm. school and the general feeling of it That takes a bit of time because you have to kind of get those other teachers on board um, and then you'll have a little bit of new teachers coming in as time goes on as well and and people leaving. And so there must be a sort of a time lag even between your sort of dream of what you'd like to create and actually the reality. Um, And I think the communication and the authentic um, conversations between parents and governors and and teachers and governors and parents is a a trio really is really important because the one thing I dislike which I hear quite a lot is that kind of isn't this brilliant we're doing this we're doing that you know everyone's really enthused um which is great if they are but it needs to be a real honest mix and it's that kind of but actually also knowing we understand that actually this part of the curriculum or this we'd like to do but we're not in a position to do it now but we do know about it and we are working forward and I think then certainly as a parent um And also as as, as a teacher that goes into schools, I think I don't necessarily want to be in the school which has got everything completely sorted, as fantastic as that would be. But if I'm in an environment which is looking forward, which is growing, which has a plan, which knows what it's about and building a community to support that, that's a really exciting place to work no matter where they are on their journey of getting from A to B people have different approaches
1: i think you know i always used to claim that that my best feature was my retrospective planning okay. when i was when I, when I was in the classroom I, I could do i could plan really good lessons after i taught them but it, but, it, but it but it's about you know it's it's fundamentally it's about knowing it's about having that ambition it's about knowing that you want that sort of world It's knowing what sort of world you want isn't it and and believing and taking everybody on that journey with you, and I think that's that's really what's important. And you know I I I just think um, we need to work even harder. Those of us that care about education, in its biggest uh, connotation, we we just need to, to to work harder to make sure that more and more people understand this and feel this. I was at a great um a great event last week i was at an, a, 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 I say it's a great event and since i helped to organize it. i shouldn't say that but <laughs> but it was it was a it was a head teachers conference uh, with uh about 200 people there all together um but we had a, a lovely chap called jim Roberson and i don't know if you've heard of jim he's he's an originally an american he now teaches in portsmouth Um, and uh, a fantastic character absolutely amazing who just enthused the audience on a friday end of a friday morning which was the end of the conference when people were wanting to get their lunch and go home he just kept them absolutely riveted for over an hour um, uh, just with his his charismatic character and the way in which he engaged them and the messages he was giving you know and it was all about engaging with children and making sure that they got the best from their education experience,
0: and that 's what we all need to do i think and I think that 's right, and I think that's that 's what I find interesting as well because the the arts and music are, are very much part of that, certainly from my point of view as well as sort of being a musician i mean i think there are there are things that come through the arts which um can support and and, and help help children express themselves in a way that other subjects aren 't yeah. um, but I think also it's understanding that it doesn't matter what the subject is you know even within English and maths which are incredibly important um, it's not um, we, we talk, talk about the focus of those been on schools it's not that I don't believe that they're incredibly important it's just that it shouldn't be the, the sole focus but even within those subjects as well the way you get the kids to understand things and, and do it you know it's a little bit like you know we're learning about money I'm gonna sit in the classroom and just write all the things down or actually could you go to the shops and I'll give you a shopping list here's the amount of money you've got can you make sure you've got enough money and bring me back the change you know that kind of being involved in those sorts of things changes their whole understanding and makes it relevant to the world that they're living in and i think that that's that's why it's, it's not just about the individual subjects it's actually like you say about the overall ethos and actually i think once you start to get people enthused about what's possible and therefore getting that across to the children then that's when things really start to change
1: yeah i agree totally mark it, 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 i i wasn't trying to to, to disrespect those subjects haven't been an english teacher for a long time i i certainly think it's important but it but um but it's a, perhaps it's about the measurement of those things and the importance attached to the measurement of those subjects which is
0: which is you know where i have a problem and the, the other really interesting thing i found from from doing this whole series is the fact that another common feature which is a really important one is that the things that people are really enthusiastic about and also seem to really strive in. Um, strive to want to be involved in are the ones that are actually where you take part in things you know the, the specialist music teachers that i i spoke to you know it, it was all very much about you know get off your chair you know move around you know lots of call and response lots of doing things together you know and um and you know you think about things like young voices you know yes you spend a lot of time in school learning the songs but it's also about the fact you then get to go out and perform those. You know, you get to a big arena and have that experience. Oh, but then, yeah. You know, all, all of those things, it's about actually taking part in something. And I think there is something very much about that. And even, you know, um, the interview I did about Symphonia, you know, it's that kind of, that's about actually p- playing music. But in a, in a modern way with um, the fact you've got technology rather than paper music. But it's still about actually taking part in something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I I thought that was also that was good the, the the Apollo Music thing where where they actually bring it to the children. Yes, and and I, I thought there were, there's, there are some really good initiatives out there. I I think that you know that we have the potential to do it. It's just if only somebody had some joined up thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or is that too much to wish for yeah
0: and I, and I guess that's 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 kind of where we are at the moment, isn't it? It's the fact that you know if we had a government that said, Look at all these opportunities we're going to make music in the arts and all of the other subjects An absolute priority, here's the funding for it, these things would flourish because they're already there to be had. It's the fact that because that's not the focus at the moment, you have to have the creativity of people involved in education to see that bigger picture and understand that, and therefore almost go out on a limb. Because I think we've mentioned this before, but the one thing we do know is that if you have a thriving school with great physical education great arts great music great it all of that kind of stuff then you often have an outstanding school because the whole yeah. way the school works and the way it gets put together and the teachers that are involved um you know you can tick every box you need to tick at that point you know but you have to get from A to B and actually convincing people that you will achieve what you're going to achieve in this slightly more global way it's a really hard sell when everything's about what results do we get you know this term this year you know who's accountable at what point and and it's a really tricky thing to do yeah it
1: we, I, i've been talking a lot recently
0: to people about the way in which
1: <clears throat> schools as institutions um find it very difficult to cope with um, individuals who don't quite fit the fit the mould, um, and uh, you know, and that and it, and it that sort of thing can be accommodated much more by people who are open to change, open to um, looking at things in a different way within the school. But it but it is it's it's a challenge for schools, and I and I understand that. But but it's it's a challenge which can be overcome, and it and it's about people having passion passion for education i think I, I worry that with that that perhaps over the last 15 20 years whatever it is since the national curriculum came in that that we've slowly slowly de-skilled teachers stopped teachers over the years particularly in recent couple of years thinking about education education in its biggest sense you know and there are lots of aspects of education um that that Teachers who are being trained at the moment don't get the chance to learn about. They don't get a chance to learn about child development and child psychology. They don't get a chance to learn about sociology of education because there just isn't time. But they do get a chance to learn to teach, to manage a class and to be effective in front of the class. Um, but, that, but what's squeezed out because of the way things are structured um, is that reflection time. And any teacher will tell you that once you get into the classroom, um, you know, the time for reflection and learning just isn't there because you're so full on with your class of, of children.
0: Yes. And I, and I think from a music in the arts point of view, I think the thing that concerns me a lot is the fact that, you know, where where do, where does that cycle end, you know, because... Um, having less music going on in schools means you have less children leaving school with an understanding Mm -hmm. of music and also participating in music or even going to watch anything related to music. Um, And therefore, you know, as a professional musician myself, you know, that basically trickles down to less people going to see shows which means there are less companies able to put on shows which means that there's less um work within the arts and less creative yeah. people having the support to do really interesting things um and yeah. that's a you know that's a generational thing you know that's we're looking into the future and thinking well who's actually going to go and watch these concerts yeah. um and and then also what's also has come apparent from chatting to people is the fact that people then go outside of school to be able to get these things you know so I'm not able to have music in my school so therefore I'll find a private tutor that where I can learn to play piano for example and I'll find an an external ensemble that I can go and play in and that's fantastic but it does mean that one, you need to have the time and you need to have the resources to do it independently Um, and then we're suddenly back into that same thing but what about the child who needs the support at school with the education which he's been given within his school where he gets that just chance to experience a lot of things where he can just think oh but that's the thing that i really like and even if he needs to find an extension of that outside of school in some way or another and there are great things out there but without having that initial experience if you're not given it or given the opportunity of that by parents or people that are able to do that then surely we're just um you know we're really i don't know it's it's almost like a a neglect really for those people that aren't going to get the chance to do that and, and it can be quite surprising.
1: I, I One of my sons really didn't take to anything sporting at all. He He's not interested in sport in any way, shape or form. Um, but it just so happened that the secondary school um, that he went to was a sports college. But luckily, they were an open minded person broad thinking sports college who included a strong element of dance within their, within their PE curriculum. And, and it was important, you know, dance was considered as an equal subject with all the other PE subjects. And that was the one subject in PE that he really liked. He, he fell in love with dance. He went to do youth dance stuff at the weekends. He then ended up doing a foundation course in dance and a degree. And you know, his degree was in dance because he didn't like sport. And it's, you know, those sorts of predictions are very difficult to make when you are designing the way that your school runs. You know, you can't you you can't imagine that's going to happen. But we should be taking account of that, exactly as you say, taking account of, of what could happen and the potential that we have in children.
0: And so, I really hope that during, during the season, what what we've been able to cover, um, and we have a, a little discussion um, off air before we started, and and this is very much my my passion, music. It's very yeah. much my passion. We noticed, and, Mark.
1: We noticed this. We noticed this season was twenty twenty episodes long. Yes, exactly. Right. And and we, <laughs> and, I,
0: and I think we will. Our, our coming seasons will be shorter and more focused, which I think will. Um, will we'll give you much more um a, a diverse content and, and and much more uh concise um but as i said this is it's sort of my passion project which i hope you've enjoyed um going all the way through um but what i hope it has done is it's given you um a really sort of um insight into what's possible you know where you can go to get resources you know we we had um the conversations with gigajam about you know guitar and bass and keyboard and drum lessons you know online you know and actually having that aspect of things as well as the very traditional kind of let's find out how we can make music from from no funding and no ideas you know with, with people that have got all those things there that you can actually just just pull together with just a little bit of understanding you know and i think my conversation with carol aviard about how you can put all these things together was a really interesting one for me because it's kind of what i always think and always believe but actually interesting talking about it and trying to articulate it in such a way that you can do you know and the fact that there are you know there's free singing resources out there the fact that you have the opportunity to if you need some structure, you know, you've got the great resources from Out of the Ark, and you've also got um, Chirango and Music Express and all those sorts of things which really can take you by the hand. And also, especially as a music coordinator, when your time is probably quite stretched, you know, being able to support the other members of your staff so that they can really deliver music in a really um, insightful way, you know, and and with the support that they need if they haven't had that more formal training, of that sort of thing, but you can still give your students something which is really really something they can take away in a, in a positive manner
1: yeah and I, I the, the thing that impressed me particularly about your discussion with Carol um, was was the way in which the both of your enthusiasms for, for teaching music and for children shone through I thought that that was wonderful lovely to hear that I, I think I, I, I just sort of as an overall reflection Um, about education, arts and education. I I was thinking back to, I don't know if you remember the the publication All Our Futures, which was done by, um, there was, uh, um, Lenny Henry was involved um, and uh, various other people, I can't remember who, David Putnam, I think was the chair of it, of of a government committee that was set up. Um, And um, they produced a, a, a publication called All Our Futures. Um, and it was about the arts in education and how we go forward from there. And there've been many good things that have come out of that and people that have, that have done good things since then. But actually, when I look back at that, uh, I just wonder if we've really progressed or have we've made progress and then gone back again. And there's a, an RSA Royal Society of Arts investigation at the moment called learning about culture which is a two and a half year investigation um, into the role that l- culture um, plays in learning and i just wonder if that will come out with similar conclusions to to the all our futures one and and whether we just need to start again we need those people people like carol people like you and and craig and and all those people that that you've talked to with enthusiasm and passion for for pushing the music particularly but the arts in general back into our schools
0: i mean i really hope so And, and i think anything that this podcast does to kind of support people um who are already doing it just to give them a boost to with extra resources and also just to know that other people are doing it as well and those people that have just in the back of their mind was wanting to do it but not quite sure how to go about it even if it's things just like my conversation with you can play you know about the funding which is available you know just ways of going about that you know how do you make it part of a cross-curricular project where you can get funding for a history project maybe and you can tie the music of the year into it that sort of thing just thinking outside the box which yep. can really just help um, just transform the way you can do things in, in, in a way you may not have thought about before.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's quite an instructive thing for new head teachers, particularly. Um, I, I remember when I started that the, that the one thing I mean, you've got lots of instruction, about lots of stuff. But the one thing they never tell you is where to get the money from. And you really have to look for it, but it's there, it is there if you want to go out and find it. And I remember an inspiring person from a head teacher that I went to listen to from, I think it might have been Sheffield, um, who had done all sorts of things. He'd gone into partnership with his his uh, a, a local major company. Uh, in, uh, and they funded a, gr- a great many things happening in school. And what he was able to do eventually was offer that company training for their staff they were able to come and, and do things in school um, and do projects and things with children which developed them as people and that's sort a of two-way thing and it's, a, it's about imaginative thinking and he was making money for the school he was, he was a great entrepreneur I think his school was better off than most than, than the company he was working with I think
0: <laughs> oh, that's often the case, exactly and, um, yeah. and, and my conversation um, with Eric from Active Music Digital I mean he was really yeah. keen to to one to get people to listen, you know, there is a, a ten-day free trial of, of, of the the um, six hundred videos and one hundred and sixty-eight lesson plans and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But because he's really keen to support people, you know, the, the offer still stands. Um, that was on that podcast about if you, if you sign up and um, email me your name and the name of the school, you get an extra six months, so you get eighteen months for the price of uh, for twelve. But um, mm. because anybody in the school can use it, you can literally have all of those resources. I think I think even the top rate was something like 149 pounds or something like that for the whole year don't quote me on that without going to check again but it was a it was around that figure um and and that's an awful lot of resources that sort of 15 years worth of of his wife's training and experience all brought down just for a really easy workable something that you can follow and 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 i just think it's like i say it's it's working with people in those sorts of partnerships which just gives you extra things which um you haven't got time to to source on your own but hopefully things like this podcast and and people within the field of trying to get these sorts of ideas out and about can really support you with
1: yeah yeah and i and i think that that i I was talking last week to um someone from our county music service uh who, who who brought a group of young musicians um and he was saying that they're changing the way they're operating or going to be operating the a trader service and i guess that's probably true from a lot of for a lot of music services across the country now um I, I feel very and i have always said how lucky we have been and know that in north i think you've been the same um to have hung on to a music service who've been able to to, to deliver their peripatetic teaching and the, and the other things that go on the music schools and so on that go on um, and have Produced so many good things for children and had given them opportunities. We we have always had young musicians coming to our conference to perform, um, and we had the um, Dixieland Jazz Band last week, um, and th- they were amazing youngsters of fifteen, sixteen, I guess, um, who you know, one who was playing a sousaphone, um, and you know, all playing brass instruments plus plus a drum kit, I suppose, um, but th- but th- they were they were just. You know, so enthusiastic, but it just struck me as such young people, passionate about music and enjoying making music, and I thought how important that is, and how what an opportunity for them. You know, and they, and they clearly, you know, I I'm not quite sure um, on the mentality of someone that picks up a sousaphone and thinks that's what I'm going to play, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely was wonderful. like we was said it's, it's, it's yeah. experience and exposure and there's something for everybody and that's the that's the key yeah. and, and and what what's just um reminded me of that is um one of the things that came out of my conversations with the schools as i was setting up our project here in north Hance was the um the interesting thing that a lot of the teachers said what the children really like within their primary school is seeing the children who are a little bit older than them doing something already so while it is possible for um professional musicians for example to come into schools and do master classes and do the sorts of resources that they've got on offer actually what they found was really really interesting is actually when it's the secondary school pupils bringing their wind band or their dixieland band or whatever it happened to be because they're often they're their children that they know because they remember them from their school when they were younger um, or or it's just that because of the, the relationship in ages and the fact they're still students and all that sort of thing you have that progression and, and that was the same with me you know it, I, when I was learning it was that kind of oh, I can understand what you're doing even though I'm not quite there yet but I'd like to do it and I can see where it's going and what is available and what could happen and that's an experience I would like to do and so it's having all that joined up um experience and um environment really which is is a a really key factor i think in in joining the dots for all of these things
1: yeah and and it's it 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 doesn't need to be children from the secondary school you could you can get great things so i think carol mentioned you know she she often features um children sorry jane rather often features children who've just you know doing music exams or whatever in assemblies and so on and and we used to too and we had we, we always encourage children to take part in, in productions, which included music as well. And some of them, you know, I've, I've had phenomenal children, children that just would, you know, would, would could easily take part in professional productions at, at year five, year six, and some even younger. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that we, you can look to your own resources in a primary school and see fantastic talent, um, which will
0: inspire others if you allow it to flourish. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So, just to round up, is there anything else that you took away from the season that um, would be worth sort of sharing as we as we wrap up this sort of um, final episode of, of season four, and, and and any sort of takeaways you'd like to leave with everybody listening?
1: I think I, I, there's a rather depressing thought that, that struck me when I was listening, particularly when I was listening to to um, Carol and, and and you talking about <clears throat> the way in which um specialisms specialist teachers are being used and the way in which class teachers don't feel confident to teach their own music um and how we're not training them and it just struck me that that's one of the downsides that we've got is that um we we something really must be done to re-skill teachers to be able to teach the full curriculum um you know i i have a lot to do with with sport and pe as well and i see that particularly in pe where um teachers have been de-skilled they've had they've had the whole um, of PE taken out of their hands and put into the hands of coaches well, now any PE specialist would will, will, will throw their hands up in horror at that and say that shouldn't be happening but it's what has happened and and you know we have to recognize that and recognize that, that that's the case uh, with the arts as well not just music but the arts in general people are a bit scared and I think Um, Carol mentioned that people are a bit scared to take the chance on doing things and so we need to give them back that um, confidence to go out there and enjoy teaching and enjoy enjoy the things their children can do and celebrate that Um, and I think music is a great way to do that a great way to start and some of the things that that were mentioned in the way in which you talked about what you can do um, to start teaching music and easy rhythm games and so on I think people you know, can benefit from that and we should spread the word even more widely um, in order to get those things off the ground. I think, Mark, everybody should be applauding the fact that, that you are carrying the flag um, along with other people, but you're doing it through this means. And I think that it's important that it's out there and being waived.
0: Thank you very much, and and I have to say I've I'm really enjoying the journey. You know, it's it's fantastic chatting to so many people who are so inspired about it, um and um and and like you say, while, um sometimes it feels a little bit depressing that it could be a different way, and and like you said, I think the whole skills, um of of teachers not necessarily having the opportunity to learn these things when they're being trained now is, is is a little bit of a depressing thing but hopefully within this whole episode um this whole season there, there, there are a few things in there which can um that, that, that just mean that if you haven't got that um, experience but also confidence to do it. There's, there's a few things there that you can pick up either with some of the resources that we've recommended or even silly things like when I was chatting to Carol, one of the things I, I did as a composition with, in one of my schools was just to create a composition um, based on a walk through a forest or yeah. um, and actually just create a clock and have a time of the clock hand going round and within that the kids did a little diagram of what sounds they wanted at different times and how it was going to be put together um, um, and it was very simple very straightforward they had the chance to go out of school and find some of the sounds they wanted you know they got to experiment I talked to um, Sue Nichols about that about having the opportunity just to how do you know what sounds to create in a composition if you've never had the chance just to experiment yeah. with what that sounds like you know yeah. and even things like that so don't think about teaching music as in I need to learn all the crotchets quavers, and semi quavers and impart it onto my pupils no just get them to enjoy sounds just bring things in make shake them scrape them do whatever and just use it in a very organic way you know and then that's the starting point and the more formal stuff can um flow from that through through the sorts of people that i've spoken to on this season but also from some of those um great um established organizations now that have got all the resources there ready for you to tap into i I think what are you talking about with 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 Carol about and you were talking about the,
1: the creating sound journeys and so on. I thought that was really interesting. It took me back decades to my training as a teacher and uh, and, and one of the things that we learnt in music was about creating soundscapes with we using all sorts of instruments but also um, different found objects as well in small groups and just being told right now you create a story with that with those sounds There's no there's no words, it's just those sounds and create a soundscape. And so we had to do this. And that that was you know within the confines of music, it was being described as music. It wasn't what I'd thought of as music in those terms, but it but it was actually counted as part of it. And I it opened my mind, and and I've held that in my armory and and have been been able to use that with groups of children here and there where you know I'm supposed to be teaching music to them on the curriculum, and I can I can do that. I felt comfortable about doing that, and those sorts of things and and rhythm games and so on, which many teachers use anyway, you know. Which are part of the music curriculum, and the start of the music curriculum, perhaps, and and perhaps you know it. People wouldn't recognise it as formal music, but you know perhaps it needs a redefinition
0: of of what we call music, um, and allow people to include those things within it. I think that's right, and 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 it, and just to, to finish off, it reminds me. I've just been reading um, the Christian Schiller book that. Um, we uh, we were oh, discussing yeah. and 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 saw at our last um, nap um, uh, meeting um and and it talks about this in terms of what creativity is and how you use it and and music's a very clear example of this that kind of stage one is kind of experimentation you know what does this sound like if i do this to this it results in this and you need that experimentation side to be able to understand what it is that um you're even trying to understand you know um and then the next stage is that kind of becoming competent at being able to learn whatever it is that you're doing so i I now know that if i scrape something with some um if i scrape something then it's going to make a scrapey sound or if it's metal it's going to sound like this and if it's wood it's going to sound like this and you sort of get au fait about how you learn to move it or play it or produce whatever you want to do and once you've got to that stage, then you can be really creative because you have an understanding of what you're able to do and what the results can be. And then your imagination can then produce it in a way that's very personal to you. And I thought, actually, from a musical point of view, I can I can see that, you know, I, I, can, I now know what a shaker looks like and sounds like, I know how to make a sound. And now I can express myself through that, through some kind of ability that I've learned. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be music. That I think that, as a, as a starting point for any curriculum or any part of the subjects within the curriculum, is a really important one. It's a bit like language, you know, experimenting with language. Oh, OK. Mm. And now I become a bit more competent about what it is. And now I can write something that really comes from my heart that I can express. And I think that creativity is probably something which just like we said before you need time for that and you need the chance to experiment and then you can use that competency to really express yourself
1: yeah and and i i presume that we can look forward to hearing you playing the spoons in a future episode mark
0: absolutely it's going to become a <laughs> part of, a standard part of every episode <laughs> fantastic um peter thanks so much for chatting it's always a delight and really insightful in, into what we're doing and um and yes yeah, so I'll, I'll speak to you on on um season five and um And just so you know, the the episode after this will be me chatting about how we're going to develop the podcast and how we might slightly restructure the seasons and that to give you the listener that you know the best um input and the best information that we can and in, in, in a structured format so if you've got anything you'd like to say to us about um season four music in the arts please get in touch the best way is just drop me an email it's just mark at educationonfire.com and let me know your thoughts and what's been good and, and what you think we can improve and um and anything we can do to help and um and we'll take all that on board and, as we move on and develop the podcast for the future so thanks very much peter thanks mark goodbye